Welcome to another episode of Offbeat Life, where we speak to inspiring individuals who took a leap to follow their passions and purpose. I am so excited to welcome Jacob Fu for our next episode. He is one of the founders of localadventure.com, which is a travel blog that was started in 2013 by his wife Esther during a career transition. Four years later, and they have been voted one of the top 50 travel blogs in the world. Hey, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you fill in the gaps of why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Um, so my name's Jacob Fu, and my wife and I run a uh, travel blog, blog called localadventure.com. Um, it's one of the largest travel blogs, and we've been uh, at it for f- about four and a half years. How did you get into this specific niche? I think like a lot of people who are in this space, we kind of just accidentally uh, came upon it. Um, so about four and a half years ago, um, I was um, at the time doing, uh, running a YouTube channel with my brother, and my wife uh, Esther was before before doing that. She was a wedding photographer, and had decided to kind of step away from that. So in the meantime, she was trying to figure out a way to kind of still have a creative outlet. And we realized we had all these travel photos that we never edited because we were always just doing wedding stuff. Uh, So she started doing that and posting them online just kind of as a way for us to share with friends and family. And um, started to grow kind of an organic following. And she realized, you know, six months to a year later that that people are doing this as a uh, full-time job. So she decided to start kind of trying to strategically build the blog. And then um, two and a half years ago, I was able to uh, step away from YouTube and join her to do this full-time. For a lot of travel bloggers, this is kind of their dream come true, what you guys are are doing right now. How do you and Esther stay inspired and motivated and focused every day and not get distracted from your main goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty, as creative as I am, I'm a very pragmatic person and very practical. Um, so I came from more of a corporate background. I worked in business and uh, a lot of my day-to-day actually handles the business side of the uh blog. Uh, whereas Esther is much more of that creative, um, you know, doing um, the photography and uh, really making the site beautiful and, and all of uh, what it is. Um, I think t- to stay inspired and motivated, you know, we do a couple things. We we try to do projects that, that excite us and, um, you know, f- go on photo shoots that, that we get excited about personally and not necessarily something that's for um, work or sponsored, but, you know, just to make sure that we're out there doing things that we want to do. Um, but the other side of it is when this becomes a job or if you want it to become a job, um, regardless of if you're inspired or not, you just need to get yourself to do it. Um, and, and I think that that's usually the hardest part, especially for people who are like hundred percent strictly creative. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I'm sure there's a a prettier way to say it, but you know, for me, I'm just like, honestly, I got to just wake up and do it. Whether I don't, whether I feel creative or not today, I, it's, it's our job and we want to continue doing it. Yeah. It's, it's so important to just stay focused. And I think it's really persistence that, um, 
what gets you through the day and what gets you going. And it's also amazing how you and Esther have a really great balance between the both of you because you're more on the business side and she's on the creative and you're not yeah. clashing. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no, there's we're a lucky. lot of partnerships. We, we clash a lot still, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it definitely uh, is nice because we're able to complement each other. That's That's really great. Um, especially for a partnership with any partnership besides just a relationship, you know, that's, that's great. What about your biggest setback that you've encountered while you've been doing this and, um, what was it and how did you overcome it? Yeah. Um, I've been trying, I've been thinking about that lately, you know, just trying to, to figure out, um, how we got to where we are and, um, the hurdles that we've overcome, um, I wouldn't say that there's been any particular setback that's that stands out as the biggest setback. Um, I think uh, with building any sort of business or uh, building uh, a brand for yourself, it, it's there's there are a lot of days where you feel like it's very one step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, it's that constant. Um, uh, you know, running into little hurdles that really gets demoralizing. Uh, you know, that that's the stuff that I feel like is harder than, than necessarily one big setback. Um, so for us, you know, it may be um, we've had either uh, brand brand deals that we really wanted to come through that didn't necessarily happen for one reason or another, or we suddenly saw that we were taking um, a hit on the blog in terms of uh, views and the views were going down in one particular month and we just weren't sure why it was. Um, and again, I think that comes back to um, just being persistent and knowing, kind of looking at the long-term picture, knowing that, okay, I want to be doing this. I want to do this full time. So I'm just going to keep chipping away at it, even though I don't necessarily feel like I'm moving forward. Um, but yeah. I would say that that's probably the hardest thing to deal with. Um, you know, just feeling like you're walking on one of those moving, moving walkways, but in the opposite direction. That's how we all learn, you know, from those little setbacks and we go around it, we go over it, (laughs) we go under it, you know, any way to get any way to get through. Exactly. What about the biggest achievement you have gotten so far? Like the biggest achievement? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things for us was when we were able to make it to kind of the the top 50 um, travel blogs list. Um, that happened about a year ago. So it, that was one of uh, the achievements for us that was we were really excited about. Um, I think the other was, um, you know, working with when we get the chance to work with brands that we really love um, already, that's always really exciting for us. So, for example, working with REI or um, the National Park Foundation. Uh, and then last year we were able to work with Airstream and, you know, live on the road for three months. Um, those kind of opportunities and um, and being able to connect with those brands and really work with brands that we already love is always really exciting. How do you work with the, the brands and the sponsors? How do you get those usually? I mean, do you approach them? Do they approach you? If there's newbies listening to this, what kind of advice would you give them if they wanted to work with a specific brand? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it's a mix, I would say. You know, we definitely have brands reaching out to us, um, and that happens as you as you grow and and when your size kind of hits 
kind of a critical mass, you'll start to get brands reaching out to you. Um, early on, and even still today, I, I'm constantly reaching out to brands as well that that we want to work with. Um, Airstream, for example, was something that was just a, a cold call. Um, I had sent them an email um, saying we were interested in working with them, and um, I thought it was a total long shot. Yeah. But um, it just happened to be kind of the right timing for them wanting to to work with somebody um, in our space, and um, you know we 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 got lucky. Um, and I think part of it is is you have to be okay with uh, getting a no. Uh, you know, I would say I send out hundreds of emails, and I may get ten back with some sort of response or maybe a yes, um, and so. You have to be okay with getting rejected and, and hearing a no, and and I think that's okay. You learn from it, and you um, kind of uh, continue to to reach out to people. There's really no big secret, right? I mean, I don't know if you agree, but it's just a lot of again, it's persistence and just reaching out um, to yep. the people that you want to work with. And I think it helps if you, you you approach them professionally. You know, you you have you know about their company, you know about what they they're hoping to achieve, and then also. Um, aligning that with yourself and, and figuring out what you can offer them uh, and, and presenting that well, you know, through a media kit or, uh, you know, through a really professional email and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't want to just send out a mass email and it's just to say, hey, you, <laughs> or yeah, hey, hey, sir, you, madam. Free stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, if you're listening to this and you want to do this, don't say, you know, hey, sir, or madam. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about your daily routines because I know you are into the business side and you are the business side of your company. How do you create a productive day for yourself so you can get closer to your goal? Um, you know, an average day, uh, there, there's kind of two different average days for us. We have days that we are kind of out in the field collecting um, content for the blog, which is a little more um uh, kind of what you would picture a travel blogger does, you know, being out and about and taking photos and um, for us getting out and hiking and whatnot. Uh, and then there's the average day that most people don't know about, which is sitting on my computer for 12 hours a day and uh, getting through emails, contracts, uh, writing posts, um, doing SEO, you know, and, and whatnot. <clears throat> um I would say what we're our typical workflow is you know we look at kind of um, what what posts we have upcoming. Uh, we tried to work ahead at least a week, uh, if not more. Um, and a lot of that work comes from Esther's side, so she's doing the editing and then um, making sure everything's formatted correctly for WordPress. Um, for me, I do I, I usually do kind of the first draft of the writing and and. Um, get that to her. And then I work more on the business side. So I am looking more at emails and um, looking at the contracts and figuring out what other companies to reach out to. Um, there's no real set routine per se. It's uh, a lot of times we just, we get up, we sit at our computer for four or five hours. Uh, we do try to take a break. We, uh, we both like climbing. So we go to the bouldering gym mm -hmm. to kind of take a midday break. <laughs> And then we're back at it at our computers again. <laughs> this is what people don't realize when they see yeah. those beautiful pictures. <laughs> You're not just out there hiking and taking pictures of yourself and, you know, looking pretty. 
one of the greatest things about you and Esther is that you move from city to city, right? Yeah, um, and do. what what made you guys decide to do that? Yeah, that that kind of just um, it, it came about um, over time. Uh, so when we we're both originally from Atlanta. Well, I'm originally from Atlanta. She has been there most of her life. Um, and when we left Atlanta to head to LA, we were leaving to to um, move there for YouTube initially. Um, so my brother and I's YouTube channel started to grow, so we decided to head out there to see if we can continue to pursue that. Um, when we left Atlanta, we realized that there was so much that we never explored because, you know, you just get into your daily routine and it's, it's hard to break outside of that. You, you just get comfortable doing what you do. Um, so even though I was born and raised there, there was so much I never got to do or see. And I think when we moved to L.A., we... We only gave ourselves a year there, so we we vowed, okay, let's take advantage of our time here and never kind of take our own backyard for granted anymore. Um, and that was kind of the birth of the initial idea um, of, you know, just that local adventures. We always have 52 weekends every year. You know, we, we don't need to just dream off all these faraway places. There's so many things to explore in our own town or our own country. Um, and over time, we realized, you know, after a year in L.A., we wanted to check out a different city. And um, it just kind of grew into what it is now take advantage of your own backyard because there's so much to see. So even if you can't travel thousands of miles away, there's always people there envying you because of where you are. How did you grow your income from a travel blog and how do you continue to grow it? Can you share with us some strategies that helped you and Esther out? Yeah. um, You know, I think every travel blog is a little bit different in terms of how they uh, monetize and, and what does well for them. Um, so for us, um, for a long time, we were doing, I would say, uh, 65% of our income was through affiliate mm-hmm. sales. Um, if you're un- unfamiliar with that, that's basically, um, you know, if we put a link to Amazon or REI on our website and you click through and purchase something, uh, we get a really small percentage of that. So initially, when we when we built the blog, you know, some of our um, biggest posts were were packing guides, and um, you know, in particular, one for the Inca Trail. And so for us, that that started off as one of our biggest income. Sixty five percent was coming from affiliate sales, um, and then uh, about 30 percent was coming from. Um, sponsored content and another 5% was coming from ads. Um, now that, that we've, um, grown a lot more, uh, this past year we started to shift to do more sponsorships, um, and sponsored content. Um, so now we're probably, it's probably flipped now. So it's about 60, 65% sponsored content and about 30, 35% affiliate sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is, you know, you, you need to find kind of what works for your site. Um, obviously affiliate sales aren't going to work for everybody's site, but for us, we were doing a lot of packing guides and whatnot. So, um, that is something that, that did work for us. Um, and then, um, sponsoring content is one of those things that, uh, it, it is a little bit of catch 22, you know, like brands, uh, want to see you work with brands before they want to work with you. Um, but how do you do that if you don't have any? Yeah. Um, so, um, I think part of that is uh, a suggestion I always have is is to create 
post and create um, create content as if it were sponsored, I guess is, is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, create, give, give yourself kind of a portfolio, give yourself, um, uh, create examples so that when brands, when you do reach out to brands, you can give an example of, Hey, this is what it would look like if I were to incorporate your product into my posts or your services into my posts. What about any apps or programs or services that you and Esther use? Uh, if you want to do this as a living, it, you you become your own accountant as well. <laughs> um, you wear you end up wearing a lot of hats. So uh, accounting is one of those things that um, uh, I'm not I'm not super versed in. But what I'm just I'm good at kind of keeping records of everything. Um, I I would I always recommend to people like keep receipts and records for everything so that when tax time comes, you can uh, talk to a CPA or whatnot and try to get as much written off. Um, In terms of programs or services that help manage our money, um, we we actually just, we we like to use mint.com as kind of a way to help us budget and to make sure that we're kind of, you know, living within our means and whatnot. Um, but other than that, we um, we don't use much else, really. So what is um, Mint.com? Mint's just simply a, um, it, it consolidates all of your your banking, credit cards, all of that stuff okay. into one place. And then you can uh, give yourself a, um, you can set yourself budgets for, um, you know, um, I I know I'm only making, let's say I make 4000 a month. I want to make sure I'm spending within that so that you can start to calculate, okay, this is how much I spend on gas and this is how much I spend on food. Um, and you can give yourself alerts to make sure you're staying within that. And you can also give yourself goals to say, okay, well, I know I want to take a trip to Hawaii in July and I need to save, you know, $1,000. So now you can uh, give yourself a savings goal of like $100 a month or whatever it is. Um, so it's really, it's a cool tool that, that you, it takes a little bit of work at the front end to set everything up, but um, it helps really kind of budget your life. That's a um, really great tool, actually, because especially <clears throat> for people who want to live this type of lifestyle, it's really hard to keep track of everything when you're always on the go. Um, yeah. So that's that's great. That's a great tip. Thank you for that, Jacob. So let's talk about an advice that you would like to give someone who's struggling to find themselves or they do know what they want to do, but they're really afraid to take that next step. Yeah. Um, so the, the first thing I always recommend to, to people who want to get into the travel blog industry is um, if you really want to love travel, you, you may want to not get into it because, <laughs> um, you know, it, it does uh, it does become a job and not not to say we don't love travel, but um, traveling for uh, travel blogging for work is always going to be different than kind of just traveling uh, for yourself or for vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, you, you do have clients and you do have things that you have to deliver. So the way we travel is very different now. It's, it's, it is focused on, on capturing content and making sure that, that we get the right shots. Um, we, a lot, a common question we get is like, when's, what's the last vacation you took? And <laughs> I would say that we actually haven't really taken a proper vacation in, in four and a half years because oh everywhere we go, you know, it's, it's always potential content for the blog. So mm-hmm. we're focused on that. Um, but I would say, you know, people who are, who are interested in taking the next step, um, and, and really wanting to, 
to pursue this is that um, it it doesn't have to be big leaps. It, you're not you don't have to like step off a cliff. Um, you know, it, for us, we um, it's not like I just quit my job and suddenly did this uh, struggling to see if it would work. Uh, Esther was working on it for for two and a half years before I joined her full time. So it was kind of, I could see that it was working and, and it was growing. Um, I think that's the same thing with anyone else who's doing it. You know, you can, uh, you can still work on this as a hobby and, and something that you work on on your extra time um, uh, until you see the potential that it's, you know, heading in the right direction for you and then eventually make that bigger leap. Um, but I think you could still always take a step in that direction without it feeling as scary. Um, I, I think, uh, the dream and, and, uh, a lot of times the dream that is sold is, you know, quit your nine to five to do this. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, you can maybe eventually get there, but don't feel like that that's the only way to get there. It's that you have to give up everything else just to pursue this 100%. I'm sure you've seen it a lot, and I've seen it a lot, is that, you know, those articles and those videos about quitting the 9 to 5, but let me tell you, let's not knock the, <laughs> the 9 to 5 thing because it's actually going to get you um, that content because you need that money to travel because it takes a lot yeah. of money <laughs> to do it that. <laughs> it totally does, and, and don't... Don't uh, take for granted, you know, health insurance mm -hmm. and leaving your work at work. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff that I definitely miss from having a nine to five as well. So what are you and Esther doing today that's really exciting you right now? We're, I would say we're most excited that summer's coming around here in <laughs> Portland. Um, it, it's been like a brutal winter here, like just really rainy uh, all year and apparently one of the worst winters uh, so um, we're excited to really explore the Pacific Northwest um, it, with the hopefully good summer coming around the corner mm -hmm. uh, and then we also are headed to hike Patagonia this summer um, oh, wow. and so that's something we're really excited about as well yeah I we um, my partner and I Aaron we went there two and a half years ago and it's definitely one of the best hikes we've we've been to so you and Esther will <laughs> definitely nice. love that yeah <laughs> so if our listeners want to know more about you and Esther where they can where can they find you website social media email etc that you can give them yeah, uh, you can find us at localadventurer.com. Um, our email address, you can always, you can find it there, but you can email us at hello at localadventurer.com. And then on social media, uh, you can find me, my handles um, are the same across all platforms is Jacob the Foo. Um, and that's Foo spelled F U. Um, not trying to offend you. That's my last <laughs> name. And then uh, Esther is Esther Julie, J-U-L-E-E. -E. Okay. Um, but you can find us there. Great. Thank you so much, Jacob, for, for speaking with us. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see more of what you and Esther will be doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Offbeat Life. And I hope you enjoyed listening to Jacob Fu. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com for killer resources and so much more. If you love a good audiobook like I do, of course you do, <laughs> you're in luck. I'm giving away a free audiobook and a 30-day trial to audible.com. Visit offbeatbook.com to get your free gift today. 
That's offbeatbook.com. 